Um, Pastor Paul mentioned uh, about the gospel, about uh, the gospel should be getting the same from May, and that's what I'm going to talk about is the gospel. I was actually talking about uh, to somebody a while back, and um, thing came up and they said, "What's the gospel?" And they said, "Oh, it's the Bible." And um, there's, you know, the Gospel of Mark and uh, Luke and Matthew and all the rest of them that are there. And um, said, "Yeah, they're all all those types of things." But what's the gospel? And they stopped and they looked at me as if I was a bit strange, which is nothing unusual for most people. And so I thought we will have a look at and see what is the gospel. And the Bible is very explicit what the gospel really is. And sure, it's um, it is that book that we've got in front of us. It's um, all the words and all the rest of those types of things that are there. Um, but it's a little bit more than that. So actually, just before I do go, you have to excuse me. I, my nerves are rampant at the moment, as they normally do when I get in front of people. G'day from the mount. Um, we've got 38 spirit-filled people down there. We've had six baptisms this last year, and so far all of the people are still coming along, which is really good. Um, mainly three of them were kids, but that's beside the point. Um We've got a lady who came back last week. She left the fellowship in 1986, was door knocked two weeks ago, came to the meeting last week, and she's at the meeting today and brought her daughter along. So things are looking good down there um, and uh, just really pleased with what's taking place. So if anybody wants to make a trip down there at all, it's not that far, and it's all downhill going there, so you'd be more than welcome. Getting back to the story, I'll give me glasses so I can read. Have you ever sat back and wondered what it is that you're saying when you actually talk to somebody when you're witnessing to them? And actually really thought about it yourself, um, the things you were saying, what it actually is that you are trying to impart to them to try and get them to understand or to hear um, the, uh, the things that you're saying. Do you ever really sit back and think about the importance of what it is that you're saying and uh, what the actual message is all about and possibly even the lives that can be changed by it. Um, there are many many testimonies from people who have um, heard the gospel at just the right time um, when their lives were in the pit of despair. Um, some people had incredible healing needs. They were given death sentences and so many other things. And then they get up and now and they've been testifying about the fact that God has prolonged their life um, for you know, sometimes 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And it's just amazing what God is doing. So when you actually talk to people about God and what God can do, these are the types of things you're trying to tell them. You're giving them hope of something that's coming, something that's better for their natural lives even now, and that uh, God is able to do so much for them that is um, in this natural life, whether it be healing, uh, provision, or whatever it might be. Sadly, we know that uh, so many people don't take it up but it doesn't detract from what the gospel is. Another good part about the gospel is that what you're doing is just telling them your story. This is what happened to me, whether it be last week, last year, last 50 years, whenever it was. You're telling them your life. You're telling them what God has done for you, which makes it personal, which makes it so that you can have confidence in what you're saying, and not only confidence in what you're saying, but confidence in your God of what he will do when you stand upon his promises and you tell other people this is what God can do. And that is what the great part about our gospel is, that it's nothing of us. If it was, um, well, I certainly wouldn't be here, that's for sure. And no doubt most people here wouldn't. But when you start talking about things that you've experienced and you know this there, things become very real and very true to us. 
<coughs> excuse me. But to the majority of people, it sadly is just words that are there. I work with a fella. He's got a tattoo on his leg. And he, um, after he got it, he came and showed me. And he said, see, he said, God doesn't want me. And I said, really? And because um, I've spoken to him numerous times, and every time you talk to him, he always brings the gospel up. Anyway, he was out driving out in the pines one day, um, as some people do down home. Came around a bend over a bit of a dip, and as he went over it, this um, log that was in the um, side of it clipped the front wheel, came up through his um, firewall, came through the car, smashed, didn't hit his hip, square on, just a side. Um, end up in hospital because of it um, for the next three months thereabouts. He had this huge lump on the side. He went to the hospital probably twice a week and they drained a couple of liters of fluid out of it each time. Anyway, if it was, you know, three inches off the one side, he would have been killed. So I said to him, you sure God doesn't want you? And he said, yeah, God doesn't want me. So there are some people that they can see some amazing things that will happen and it means absolutely nothing to them. And then you'll get some other people and you talk to them about what the gospel is or what's happened to you and they'll grab it and they'll say, that's what I need. Everybody needs it, but some people can't see what it's there. The reason a lot of it is, and I believe anyway, is because in the world that we live in, there are so many liars, cheats, false religions and so much out there that offer so much and deliver nothing. You know, somebody come up and gives you a million dollar check you know, and they forget to sign it. The check might look good, but it actually means nothing. And sadly, that's what this world is being offered, being offered everything and being delivered nothing. And so when we go up and talk about things, we're offering an experience, we're offering something more. So we're just going to have a look and see what the gospel really is all about and what it will do. So Matthew chapter 4 and verse 23 tells us here, And Jesus went out of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of diseases amongst the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with diverse diseases and torments, and those which were possessed with devils, and those who were lunatic, and those that had palsy, and he healed them. Uh, verse 25, And they followed him great multitudes of people from Galilee, from Decapolis, from Jerusalem, from Judea, and from beyond Jordan. So, Jesus was known um, when he spoke, he spoke not as the scribes and the Pharisees were told, he spoke as somebody who had authority, somebody who knew what he was talking about. And he was also followed because of the miraculous things that he did. The things were things that took place, were things that these people had never seen before. Yet what were the words that Jesus was talking about? What made them so important? What made them stand out that all these people came to him? They'd seen the miracles. Obviously, that was something that was very evident in their life. They'd seen all these things happen and uh, and possibly even experienced these types of things. And yet people followed him because of the words he spoke as well and just how powerful the words were to them. They were making sense to them. The scribes and the Pharisees um, said a lot of things, um, but there was no power or evidence behind what they had. They had the law and they possibly knew some of it, but they certainly weren't delivering it the way that God wanted them to. But the signs following were what grabbed people. The signs, uh, the miraculous things that took place in their lives. Yet, if Jesus hadn't been preaching the gospel, there would ne never have been any signs or wonders or miracles. There would have been no life-changing events in anybody's life. 
And so words had to be spoken. So what were the words? What were they that made the difference? So we'll go to Mark 16. We'll start in verse 15. I probably don't have to read it because these are words that mean so much to spirit-filled people because that's what applied to them I'm going to read it anyway. Verse 15, he said, Unto them, go you into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptised will be saved. He that believes not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name uh, they shall, shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly things, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And so then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. I'll read verse 20 in a minute. But it tells us in verse 15 to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So what was it he was telling them to go and preach? The disciples had been with Jesus for the better part of three years, three and a half years. They'd seen a lot of stuff. They'd done a lot of stuff. To go and preach, what were they going to tell people? They were going to tell people what it says there in verse 16 to 18. Tell them these things will take place. Tell them that these are the things that you can expect to see. This is the life-changing event that is going to take place uh, in their lives. And the reason was because they were going to experience all this as well. So then they could go through and tell them all about it, tell other people about it. But verse 20, I think, is the key that brings all those verses together. It says there, And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. That's where the difference is. When we talk about the gospel, we talk about what God is able to do, verse 20 must apply as well. Because if verse 20 doesn't apply, all we've got is words. And if we've just got words, you know, um, well, the scriptures tell us faith that works is dead being alone. We need to be putting our faith into action. We can't just go around and tell people the words if we've got no experience in our, in our own selves. If we've got an experience, if we've got something behind us, then the words that we speak have more of an impact because they, people can actually see the genuine, genuineness behind it um, that is there. And that is why it is important. And God will, as he says there, they went forth everywhere. The Lord, uh, yeah, put them on. Um, and the Lord working with them and confirming the word. It was God that was confirming the word. It was God that was doing stuff for them. And God, as we've all found out, gives us the words to speak as well when we find that we uh, find where we have trouble preaching. You know, I've found the hardest thing when you're talking to somebody um, is the first two words. Once you get the first two words out, the rest becomes easier because you've already put your foot in your mouth, so therefore it's easier to keep going. And it's just a matter of stepping out and doing it. But to realize that once we put ourselves in that position, then the Lord will fill our mouth. The Lord will back us up because it's not of us anymore. It's all of God. So these are the what we can expect to see. And he tells them to go and preach the gospel. So we'll go to Romans chapter 1 and verse 15 to 17. Now this is Paul talking to the church here at Rome. Uh, we're in the letter here and he says to them, So as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and to also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, and as it is written, the just shall live by faith. 
So the word gospel, as we're talking about, can mean um, God's spell, it can mean the word of God, it can mean good spell, it can mean good news, or it can mean good message. And so obviously that's what we know. It's, it is good stuff that we're hearing when we talk about it. But here in verse 16, when Paul talks about it, he says that um, he's not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. So when you're talking to people and you start talking about the gospel, you are telling them the power of God unto salvation. That's what the gospel is. The gospel is the power of God. It's not the power of man. It's not the power of us. It is the power of God that will lead people to salvation. It will take them not only to change their lives now, but we're also talking about the eternities as well. And that is the power of the word of God. And that is why it is good news that is there. There are no words that you can speak to anybody else, no matter how many, how much of a good intention that you have, is going to have as much impact on their lives as what the gospel will. Because you can start talking about things that uh, God can only do in his supernatural abilities that is there, because he's not limited as we are in the natural side of things. So we can have great confidence when we start talking the gospel and about what God's doing. It gives people an opportunity to have their own personal relationship with God. And that's quite an amazing thing. When you sit back and think, and I look at my own life before I received the Holy Spirit, before I even heard about it, to me God didn't exist because um, my life, the things that I saw, the things that I did, to me proved that God really wasn't around. And even though I've been brought up Church of England, I'd seen a lot of things, done a lot of things, worked with a lot of people who said they were Christians. And in fact, there was a guy I work with. He got up every morning to go to church on Sunday and I slept in and that's about the only difference our lives were. So when you think about what this world offers to what God offers, it is totally different. And when we get filled with the Holy Ghost to have this um, opportunity of salvation, it's an incredible change. And when we think about who we were and what we were, um, I think is what was read out pastor c said he was a son of the devil um did i probably wasn't as bad as what he was but it probably wasn't any worse or any better either way i think we're all the same um we're all, well we have a look later on we all sin and come short of god's glory so we've got something now we've got something real something personal something tangible and something that we can rely on that we can tell other people about and so the gospel really is the power of god romans 3 uh, verse 19 tells us here, Now we know what things soever the law said, it says to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore by the deeds of the law there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. So under the law that was there, mankind, the law was perfect by the way, if people could live by the law, they would have uh, an incredible life but mankind was so limited and his natural side of things wouldn't allow him to be able to do that and so there had to be a change that was coming so verse 21 tells us but now the righteousness of god without the law is manifest being witnessed by the law and the prophets even the righteousness of god which is by faith of jesus christ unto all and upon all them that believe for there is no difference for all have sinned come short of the glory of god so the righteousness of God has been revealed now through the Holy Spirit infilling. The chance, uh, the change that we've been given, 
the opportunities that we now have, that we now have a life that is actually worth living because now that righteousness of God has actually been revealed to us through the Holy Spirit, that we don't have to follow set laws and we don't have to offer up sacrifices and things. Um, you know, If people wanted to live under the law today, um, there would be uh, a lot of animals that wouldn't be around because if you want to start chasing all the blood sacrifices and the different things that were there that were going on, it would be a huge task that was there. So now that we've been given something different, life becomes easy um, and we need to realise what God has actually done for us and not become blasé about it all because the righteousness of God has been revealed in us through that Holy Spirit that we now can be, we've got a standard, we've got a life uh, now that is worth living that we can shine to other people. We sit back and we go to work and we go to school, we do what we need to do during life and when we walk past somebody, even though we may not realise that we are a light that shines to them as they go past, the way we live our lives, the way we think, the way we speak, the things that we do, a sister mentioned about drinking a, a bottle of brandy before she started singing, you know, these types of things, and a lot of people do that, you know, their courage came out the bottom of a bottle. Life doesn't have to be like that anymore. I can remember going to parties a long time ago when the alcohol ran out, the party stopped. You know, it's, um, it was only the alcohol that is, was there keeping people together. You know, we've got the Holy Spirit. We are united in a way that this world just, just cannot comprehend. And doesn't matter where you go or the people you meet, the people are filled with the Holy Ghost. It is totally different now. Um, that unity that ties us together. And that is what the gospel is partly all about, is that unity that has brought us into now, that we can go anywhere, we can feel comfortable. Some people might sing choruses slightly different um, or some different type of choruses, but the same gospel is still there. You know, one day you people will learn to sing proper, but um, you know how it is. I can get away with that, you'll send me home. So... But the thing out of all of it is we are united together and it's the gospel that has done that, is that unity that we've been given. It's that power of God that is dwelling within us that has united us because we were once, you know, as it says in verse 23, all have sinned and come short of God's glory. But now we can actually front God. We can actually stand before his very throne of grace to find that grace now to help in that time of need. Second uh, Corinthians 2, uh, verse 14. That about says here, Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and makes manifest the savour of his knowledge uh, by us in every place. For we are unto God a sweet savour of Christ in them that are saved and in them that perish. To the one we are the savour of death unto death, to the other we are the savour of life unto life. And who is sufficient for these things? For we are not as many which corrupt the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as of God, uh, in the sight of God, speak we in Christ. You know, the gospel can literally lead to life and death, depending on the people's circumstances and how they react to it. Sometimes it can literally be near that they be their natural life, um, um, through the, the miraculous healing or deliverance that God has given. And to some people, it can be obviously the spiritual side of things. Because this flesh and blood is not going to last forever, but the soul is eternal, and the soul is what you know we either are with the Lord for the eternities or we're not. And so the Lord is offering an opportunity to have this relationship with God, but something does need to happen to get that relationship. There's something needs 
for starters, people need to be told how to happen because people don't know about it. The second one is that people need to take it on board and react to it in a positive way. And the next step is that they need to receive the Holy Spirit, obviously after being baptised by full immersion because they want a new start, which everybody does need. So the gospel can do some amazing things and change people's lives and circumstances and situations that's there. But the gospel also, we're told to speak it out of sincerity. We're not here for any kind of gain at all um, because it has got nothing to do with that because if we have a look at our lives now to what they were once before, you know, we are, as the chorus goes, we're richer than millionaires because God actually cares for us. You know, We don't have to sit back and accept any kind of outcome that um, this world might put on us and say, well, that's your lot, that's your load because now we've been given the out, if you like, that is there. We've got this incredible hope in the natural and also for especially the spiritual that is there. So we don't do it for personal gain. Uh, it's um, it's not worth that. God offers far more than what uh, any natural gain will ever get out of it all. You know, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all the things, all the things that we need will be added to us as the Lord tells us. We don't want to corrupt God's word. We don't want to change it into something else or somebody else's ideas. You know, in doing that, you're only going to take away the power of God. Run away water bottle. Anyway, sorry. Um, so that is why we speak it as it is. There was some the statement was mentioned once by a brother who's talking, and he was saying, "I'm not too sure whether I can accept whether God heals," and that's an understandable statement. Um, especially some people you see them going through a lot and all the rest of it. And this other brother said to him, "What does the Bible say?" And he said, God will heal. He said, well, you preach that. doesn't matter what we think. It really doesn't. It's matter what we say and what we want to believe. If we want to believe that God can do anything, then God can do anything. It's just a matter of us doing it. But even when we come across people, even if we have doubts in our own mind possibly, still step out, put God to the test. God will never let us down at all. Because God always wants us, as the scriptures here was we read, because God wants us always to triumph. He doesn't want his people to be down and out and sleeping in the gutter type of thing because what kind of testimony of his power is that going to be? God is going to be there to help, and that's the gospel. The gospel is this power of God which leads to salvation. Galatians 1, verse 6. I had to bring my own water here too, by the way. I'm not fussed with that late water. I'd much rather the rainwater that comes out of the tank after the birds have been on the roof. It's all added flavour. You get used to it. All right, verse 6. It says, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But we, uh, though we or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that you have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God to uh, seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. But I certify you, brethren, the gospel that was preached of me is not after man, for I neither received it uh, of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. So the gospel is not something that was given to us 
um, that somebody said, this is what I think, so therefore it must be a good idea. Okay? It is something that God has God proven that is there, but it also starts off, he says, I marvel that you are so soon removed um, from him that called you from the grace of Christ to another gospel. So, so in a way, if you like, it's inferring that there's possibly another gospel. But this other gospel, if you want to call it that, is the gospel of man, where there is no backup, there is no proof, there is no evidence, there is nothing worthwhile, and there is no life that's going to come from it. There is no salvation, there is no power. Yet the gospel of, of Christ that is there is totally the opposite of that, is the power of God that goes on. Now, this was the better part of 2,000 years ago that this letter was written. Now, things really haven't changed much at all. There was, uh, where is it? There are more than 30,000 Christian organisations, groups, branches or denominations worldwide today. These are divided into six major groups. You've got the independents, you've got Protestants, you've got marginals, you've got Orthodox, Roman Catholics and Anglicans. The independents are the apostolics, the charismatics, the Pentecostals, the full gospel, gay and lesbian, lesbian community churches, uh, Jehovah Witnesses, the Reformed and the single autonomous congregation. You know, we're not Pentecostal, even though we believe in the Pentecostal message. We're sort of one of the autonomous ones, if you like. We separate ourselves from all of them because none of them really want to hang on to what the truth really is all the time. But you've got the Protestants, which are the Adventists, the Baptists, the Plymouth Brethren, the Lutherans, the Methodists, Salvation Army and the Uniting Church. You've got marginals, which are Christadelphians, Divine Science, Mormons, Spiritualists, which include the Psychic and the Occult, the Unitarian, then the Orthodox ones, which are mainly the Russian and the Eastern Bloc people. Uh, so you've got a, quite a variety of things there. Back in 1970, there were 16,000 different denominations, and then 30 years later, by the year 2000, there was 33,000. So it's no wonder that there is confusion around when it comes to the gospel and these types of things. And I would fully expect that a lot of these organisations you go to fully believe in God, fully believe that the Bible is their backing and what they use, that that is the truth, and they get hold of it. And to prove their point, they'll pull even pull scriptures out of it that are there. So it is no, well, not surprising that we have so much confusion in our world and so many different thoughts and ideas that are around. So that is why when we preach what we say, we're telling people what we've experienced, what the gospel has actually done to us, what the gospel, how the gospel has renewed our life, how it's given us hope, how it's given us a power dwelling within us, how it's something real again that we can hang on to. So that is why it's important that when we talk, we're telling people what we say is what we've experienced or what other people's experienced that we know and that we've seen. There are so many people around to try and put it all down saying things don't happen, but that hasn't changed. They did the same to Jesus. So that is why the confidence we need and that is why when we preach the gospel we are talking about the power of God that leads to life-changing events that are there. We don't teach what mankind has taught. We don't want, if you like, the gospel of man because that's not going to lead us anywhere. We're going to lead to confusion, if nothing else, like the rest of these 33,000 different organisations. Uh, John chapter 18, verse 33. 
says, Then Pilate entered the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said unto him, Are you the king of the Jews? Now, Jesus had been taken. They'd, um, he just spent time with the disciples talking to them. Um, there's five chapters just prior to this that uh, relate to the conversation that Jesus had with his disciples um, there when they were all gathered together for the last uh, feast, if you like, for the last time that they were going to be there. So we've got five chapters of how he was encouraging his disciples and asking God to look after them, asking God to look after the disciples. And if you follow it through, in a way, he's asking God to look after us as well, all those people that have been filled with the Holy Ghost and wanting to walk on. And then Jesus gets taken, he gets abused a little bit, and then he's up here before uh, before Pilate. And this is just before, if you like, the, the real uh, the scourging and the, everything else takes place. So he's got Jesus here. In verse 34, Jesus answered, said, Said ye this thing of yourself, or did others tell it of you? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and chief priests have delivered you unto me. What have you done? And Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom were of the world, then would my servants fight, that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. And Pilate therefore said unto him, Are you a king then? And Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. To this end was I born, and to this cause came I to the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Every one that is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said unto him, What is truth? And when he went, uh, said this, he went out again to the Jews, and he said unto them, I find in him no fault at all. But you have a custom that I should release unto you one of the Passover, Will you therefore that I release unto you the king of the Jews? And they cried they all again, saying, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. He was also a murderer. He was a malcontent. He was somebody who this world would love to have rather than have the truth. But even Pilate had Jesus Christ standing in front of him. Jesus had a reputation that uh, preceded him. Everybody knew who he was because of the things that he'd spoken and the things that he'd done. Everybody knew of this man. And yet this man is standing before Pilate and Pilate says to him, what is the truth? He could have asked and Jesus could have explained, but he didn't because he didn't understand. The world that we live in is like Pilate. They can have the truth in front of them and they won't understand. Even though they might have seen things, they might have heard things. It is only the ones who will hear the truth that is going to, to generate something in their lives and change their lives and make them something worthwhile. And the gospel is what can do that because the gospel is the power of God. It is something that will transform them. It's not of their our own selves. It's what God is actually doing and it's how God works and it's how God does the amazing things that are there. Yeah, Jesus came to bear witness of the truth. He was the truth. He was the standout that was there. He did the signs. He did the wonders. You ever thought that maybe we can be a little bit like that too, that when we stand out too, when we talk to somebody and we tell them our testimony, this is what God has done for us. This is the gospel. This is what you're talking to them about. You're telling them about this is what God is doing and then you tell them about how they can have this relationship with God as well. And that is the standout difference that is there, that there is proof, there is evidence, there is power that can take place in their life. 
we go back to John chapter 1 and verse 5. It says, The light shines in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. It says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came to witness to bear, uh, for a witness to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of the light. That was the true light which lights every man that comes into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them he gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of uh, the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh, and dwelt amongst us, and we beheld his glory, the glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And Jesus stood out. There is no doubt about that, which is why the scribes and the Pharisees didn't like him. They didn't like what he said, and he was a standout because he did the miracles. He was showing them up for what they, they were, but he was doing these things that people hadn't seen before. And that's the incredible part about it, that when you talk to people about God, as soon as you mention the word God, people think religion. They think um, powerless, as the scriptures talk about, powerless religion. And that is what people expect. They don't expect any power. They don't expect any evidence or any proof. How often have you had people come up to you say, if you can prove or show me God, then I'll believe. And you say, done, come with me. And they immediately stop because they don't expect to get any kind of answer like that. People don't expect to see any kind of proof of God. It means they don't have to do anything themselves and they can say it's not real so it doesn't matter. They can do what they like. But we can talk up, we can talk about this light that shone in our lives, this light that changed everything, this gospel, this power that we have working within our lives as well. You know, as it says, but to those who received, you know, the things that he said, he gave them power to be the sons of God. You know, that's a pretty amazing thing to be bring into this relationship. Something amazing took place that changed their lives, that changed our lives, and it's the Holy Ghost experience that is there. We'll just finish up in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 17. Again, this is Paul writing to the church here at Corinth, giving them some kind of encouragement, and he was telling them here, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with the wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect, but the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of the world? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them which believe. For the Jews require a sign, the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified under the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jew and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. 
God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty uh, and base things of the world and the things which are despised God has chosen, yea, the things which are not to bring to naught the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. You know, God chose us because of not our good looks, not of our intelligence, not of anything like that. He chose us because he saw something inside of us that made us humble before him that he could use. What it was, I have no idea, because I certainly wouldn't have chosen me. But God saw something inside of us, and he using that. As he talks here, he's chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, yeah, the weak things of the world to uh, confound the things which are mighty, the base things, you know, and on it goes. The things that mankind put down, God has chosen and is using and is showing this world up for what it is. The limitations that this world sees are the things that God uses to show his power and he uses that through us. So we are sent to preach the gospel, not using our wisdom, not using our knowledge, not using our smarts or anything along those kind of lines, but to use what God has given us, the power of God that leads to salvation, the gospel. And that is what we're telling people. To those who are going to perish anyway, it's just going to be foolishness. They're going to think you're you know, a bit strange, a bit odd, um, whatever it is. And really, it doesn't matter. Um, as long as we're right in God's eyes, as long as God's happy with what we're doing, that's really all that matters. He will organize the rest of it. You know, We're a part of an incredible united family because of this gospel that we've got. As I mentioned before, we can go anywhere where the revival fellowships are worldwide, you're going to get the same gospel message. You're not going to get a variety of things. I spoke to a fellow a number of years ago now who went to the AOG church and he was telling me about things and we were talking about repentance, baptism, by immersion, receiving the Holy Spirit and you'll speak in tongues. I said, Albert sign. He said, yep. And I said, you believe that? He said, yep, our church preaches that. I said, really? And I said, how come is it that the last fellow I spoke to from, the, um, from their organisation told me that they didn't believe in that type of stuff anymore. There is no unity amongst different things in different areas and different places you go. Wherever we go, we've got the same gospel, the same gospel message, the same truth, the same hope, the same power of God, the same God working in our life and all the rest of it. And it's not foolishness anymore. It is truth, it is power, it is something that's life-changing. It's changed our lives, it's blessed our lives. So those who will listen, God wants to do exactly the same for them. He wants to change their lives to make it better. The gospel is the power of God that's going to lead to salvation, it leads to a better life now and eternal life later on. And God has entrusted that to us. So that person that looks back at you in the mirror, he's entrusted it, not to the mirror, on the mirror, but on the other side, is the one that he's trusted it to. His gospel, he's given us some amazing blessings to go with it. He's given us some amazing responsibility because he sees something worthwhile in us. He knows that we can do it because we've been given it, we experience it as part of our lives now. We can preach the gospel because we know what the gospel is as part of our lives. Amen. 